Honorable people, welcome to the Hollywood Heels podcast. I am the rock star, the renaissance man, the Duke Russo, and I am joined by the divine voice himself, Henron. What is up, my dog? What's poppin'? We in the house, just like the Netflix execs were in the house for this Raw. Uh, they had to show out, and I think that they did, man. What a banger of an episode. Bro, like some of the segments were in a little bit here and there, but like the matches that we had, these three alone, right? Cody Rhodes versus Drew McIntyre, which was the first match of the night. That, that's a PLE main event most of the time. Ivar, Chad Gable, and Gunther, Jey Uso. Those three alone. Yes, we had two other matches in addition. But those three matches in particular, holy fuck, man. Yeah, I was, I was extremely surprised um, that they started off with that Drew match when he came out and he had no shirt on. I was like, they're really starting this show with this? What the fuck? We doing but- it. Like maybe they're letting Drew, you know, get some relaxation time because he got a nasty schedule, fucking Raw, SmackDown, and then Australia. So, well, I guess SmackDown was taped, but still. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the season of the Scottish Warrior, man. Like I'm, I'm going into this fully believing that he's winning the Chamber, winning the belt. So here, here's a weird thing is like they tease storylines. I feel like before events like this, like they tease storylines before the rumble of who, who's going to win the rumble. So obviously we had like, for instance, this year we had the, the Cody, a little bit, the Drew and the CM Punk. It was really the Cody CM Punk one. Right. Um, and they tease those plot lines, but like, Really, there's one plot line for each of these, and it's Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch versus Rhea Ripley. And I feel like it's so set in stone already, a little bit more so than it usually is. No? No, I 100% agree with you. It it, it felt like we almost, minus the CM Punk injury, but like we've literally damn near called the WrestleMania card from fucking six months ago you know like it everything just was flowing exactly in that direction even the small hints it just kind of felt like that's the only logical thing that they could be doing with the route that they're currently taking and i don't hate it you know like i'm i'm pretty hyped for all these matches that we're going to be getting i hope we get some some other interesting ones like i hope we do get some fun gunther match um please be brown breaker um and I do think that some of these other women that'll get bounced from the chamber might have some matches. You know, uh, spoiler, we don't get Jade in the chamber, which sucks. But um, hopefully we do get some sort of Bianca Jade thing. Because, I, I mean, you just put all this together. Like, this this has potential to be one of the best WrestleManias in a long-ass time. For sure. And I have to alter my story since I was wrong about Jade being the final entrant. Uh, winning Same. that battle royale, but I'm I'm assuming they want her first match to be at Mania so that she can say I came in and the first time I wrestled was at WrestleMania. Who's who? Who's ever had their first match at Mania? She's like, that's the kind of star that I am. So that'd be a nice pin in her hat 
Um, and she could start that beef with Bianca here on TV soon. Yeah, I, I, you know, off the top of my head, the only thing I could think of is, you know, a, a big return at Mania probably, but yeah, maybe a big debut in a big match. I don't, I don't really know. Um, and I mean, they, they really rolling out this carpet for Jade, but yeah, I was kind of bummed that she's not in the chamber, but at the same time, it is protecting her because she wasn't going to win. You know, Becky has to win this. So it is protecting her a little bit. So I, I don't hate that. For sure, because I believe you still do have to be pinned in the chamber. Everybody gets pinned. So she would have had to have been pinned. And I don't think they want that to happen for a while. Yeah. All right, let's let's jump into this. So we open up with Cody Rhodes and Drew McIntyre. And, and at the end of this match, we result in Drew McIntyre being in a very exclusive club with only Roman Reigns. Yeah, like that's the whatever stat that they were talking about. Cody hasn't been pinned since Mania of last year, and he was actually pinned by Drew in this match. Of course, there was a little bit of help and shenanigans um, in this match. But before we started, they had this like cinematic fucking it wasn't morgan freeman but it might as well have been morgan freeman narrating like the backstory of cody versus drew and the road to wrestlemania that's like the fucking most epic thing i've ever fucking seen them do just randomly to hype up a match like it was fucking great like it actually felt like we were at mania like it felt like a big fucking deal because all of this is these are your next two fucking top champions so make it fucking seem important thank you um fun little match honestly it was it was kind of slow a lot of let me hit my moves and then we sit on the mat looking exasperated and just physically exhausted because we're just working each other so hard um the crowd was not down with drew they were booing the shit out of him um we had some fun stuff you know my favorite dragon screw uh through the ropes into a figure four love that Drew was doing his thing. We didn't see, unless I missed it, he didn't hit the classic double belly-to-belly belly into the kip-up thing that he normally does. Like we didn't, I didn't see that at all from him in this match. Um, we got a pedigree from Cody. We had a future shot. Cody hit a superplex. Cody hit a top rope Cody cutter. Um, very nice. Got the two count on that one. And this is where we get shenanigans. He's trying to set up for the crossroads, randomly get Jimmy out there. Jimmy's distracting the ref, and Cody's, you know, actually about to hit the crossroads and win. And then we got the spikeinator himself, Solo Sokoa, and he hits the spike on Cody. And then Drew kind of pauses for a second, look, acknowledging the bloodline, and then hitting his Claymore out of nowhere for the one, two, three. Not a, I mean, somewhat of a clean pin because he used his move to pin him, even though, you know, he had help. Wild. Yeah, and I, I thought for a second there, my prediction was, was happening because, like I said, coming into this match, like we're in a weird spot because, like, we're road to WrestleMania. You don't really want to hand Cody a loss. You're going into elimination chamber with the expectation that Drew's going to come out winning and then face Seth at Mania. So you kind of don't really want to hand him a loss. So I was thinking it was going to be a DQ. And then when I saw Jimmy come out and then the solo thing, I'm like, oh, 
this is going to be DQ. But the ref didn't see any of it, you know? So, like, yeah, we, we end with Cody getting pinned. And, you know, I, I think it fits everything because it, it, it makes him hate the bloodline that much longer. I think it makes Drew a little bit of a hypocrite here because, you know, uh, all the stuff he's ever said that he's had taken from him. I mean, and, and commentary, Pat, I think in particular, or, or Pat or Cole, I don't remember which one, was pointing out the hypocrisy of him blaming everything that was taken away from him by the bloodline and he was just handed a victory, even though the victory didn't really mean anything at the end of the day. Um, a victory from the bloodline. But I I don't hate this result. This was good. Um, I, it, it honestly was surprising because I feel like, just as you mentioned, we, it looked like we we're. It was just likely to get a DQ because we knew we're not going to get an actual finish to this match. So it's this was, in my opinion, unexpected. Um, it's great for Drew because this is his undefeated run because he was kind of mid. He hadn't been necessarily winning stuff except beating up Sammy. So it's like this is kind of his big, you know, momentum into Mania. He's going to beat Cody. He's going to beat LA Knight. He's going to win the chamber and he's going to be on top of the world. And um, I just hope, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I feel like they're going to still do something to make him, when, whenever he does win, it's gonna, there's going to be an asterisk. Just like there has been with his prior championships. Because I, I think they like that. I mean, he might get cashed in on immediately. Which would make sense as well. Which would even, uh, and who, like, is that going to turn him back face? Or are we going to cheer for Priest? Because Drew's kind of getting deeper into his hero run and people are actually booing him more. They, they might use it to, to turn Priest. Like, they may build the story of, of Priest turning face in this situation. You know, because I, I still think we're going to get some sort of awesome truth, Judgment Day, Judgment Day losing belts to awesome truth at Mania. And like, I don't know, maybe it makes, maybe that's uh, earlier in the night and it makes Priest feel some kind of way. Uh, maybe he cashes, I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of exchange between him and R-Truth after the match and he like congratulates R-Truth and, and he raises R-Truth's arm so maybe you start warming him up then and then later on he cashes in on the big bad heel and then he gets kicked out of Judgment Day. You know, I don't know. There, there's there's ways through this but um, I think that they're just going to deepen the heel thing and just more and more it, to me this screams that Drew ain't going anywhere. Drew's staying in WWE and that makes me really happy at the end of the day. Same, same. He he shouldn't go anywhere. He's he's the guy right now. I would like to see, you know, I can see the storyline building up if we can get Priest to start being more sympathetic to Truth and then Judgment Day kind of pushing on Priest even more. And when they eventually lose and Priest gets pinned, that's when Judgment Day turns their back and he raises Truth's hand or Truth raises priest's hand right and then that's you know quote unquote the face turn and i could see a, a cash in from there but I, I don't see i'm sorry but even when priest won the briefcase he's has never hit that upper echelon he's 
just kind of been right on the cusp, but he's just like a a top tag team guy. Great in storylines, great filler piece, but you can't put the big belt on him. What are we going to do? Why I kind of feel like it could be a failed cash in um, or some sort of shenanigans. I mean, ultimately, like if you look at the, the, the guy's career, I can't imagine him peaking any harder than this, holding the money in the brief, uh, money in the bank briefcase and the unified tag belts. Like I can't imagine his career high peaking any higher than, than this current moment, basically. And, and that's, and you said it, that's the story. He's going to start feeling sympathy as we get, go through the coming month or two uh, with truth. It's going to be his fault that they lose the tag titles. Um, he's going to hold up Truth's hand at the end of losing those titles, and Finn's going to walk off disgusted. Maybe we get a backstage segment. I don't know if they do that during Mania, but I feel like sometimes they do. Priest is going to cash in, but Judgment Day is going to stop him. And Judgment Day is going to cost him losing that and then drew is a now he's going to take the lead of judgment day like it kind of was hinted at fucking eight months ago i i see i like that yeah i'd sign up for that i mean that sounds pretty interesting to me and then he could just talk talk down to jd mcdonough all the time he's like that would be that would be an amazing group when it's like you know is drew and he's intimidating he's like yeah let's get out there finn all right dom haha yeah let's get our thing done right right mommy jd shut up back there like (laughs) i would love that it would be fun and especially if we just got back body drops too randomly but i just still see drew as a lone wolf i don't know i think drew you know at this point in his career it's not gonna happen but like drew would have made a really nice Heyman guy yeah, very true. That it's like an alter universe that we can imagine that instead of Brock, it ended up being Drew. It should have been me. <laughs> uh, all right, so we get a quick little uh, vignette here of the return of Andrade El Idolo. Um, you know, basically saying that uh, he's here and uh, his era has begun. With the with the cool little creepy mask, um, I'm I'm kind of excited for this return. He had some banger matches in NXT. I didn't really follow him too much in AEW, but uh, he had some some good shit in NXT. You his AEW shit was forgettable. Watch the NXT shit again because I watched both, and NXT was fucking a million times better in my opinion. Was it just the booking or was it him? Like what what happened? I think it's just the booking. Like I just felt he got lost in the shuffle. In NXT, he was a top guy, the guy. He was out there with the matches and he went against, you know, Drew. He went against Gargano, right? People who you're gonna have a great match with. I felt he kind of floated around AW and I ne- can't necessarily remember him doing anything too memorable. And then didn't he have like beef with like Sammy Guevara and then he was like suspended for a while and it just None of it clicked. Was it a kayfabe suspension or a real suspension? No, no, like real. Like they were backstage, like 
people were saying Andrade wasn't happy and he was trying to get fired. And then people were saying it was backstage and they got into like an argument and something happened, you know, say it to my face or you're not going to hit me or whatever. And they had to be separated. God knows what actually happened, but something along those lines was spoken about true or not. Uh, but I, I just feel it was not memorable compared to NXT. He was honest, honestly God's here. Um, some of the matches that he had that weren't five-star matches, I thought were five-star matches. So, well, I we live in an era where, you know, there there can be seven and a quarter star matches these days. I mean, I'm that trilogy of Omega Okada, like it. That type of wrestling doesn't have the same storyline that we have on WWE in in America, but the fucking in ring content. Like, I'm sorry, it is it is leaps and bounds ahead, especially especially like if we're going to compare it to this Cody match, even if we compare it to anything on this card and we had some great matches like WWE on the main roster has not produced anything that damn near compares to what they were doing on NXT back in the, the black and gold era compared to and half those people were plucked from New Japan where they were doing fucking even more than that. Right. So it's. And that's fair, but but for me personally, like I need the story payoff. To to me, a match can only go to five stars if you're gonna use a star rating. And rather than using like the over the top in ring stuff to get it above that, to me the story payoff is how you get it above that. And that's just how I've always viewed wrestling. And that's why like I'll always to some extent be loyal to WWE over anybody else, because I feel like nobody else can tell a story the way WWE can. You know, that okay, maybe maybe we jumped a shark a little bit on the bloodline, but for like a solid year and a half, two years, the bloodline was some of the best writing that we've had in the WWE in a long time. I mean, you go back to some of the DX stuff, you, you go back to some of the Taker feuds and the Stone Cold stuff, and like you, you go throughout the years and just the story content has always been superior. And when you put on an interesting enough and physically impressive enough performance in the ring and then you give me the story payoff on top of that you know you you, you give me Jey Uso super kicking Roman Reigns in the face saying that he's got his brother's back you, you, you get his brother costing him against Ro- like that's the kind of stuff that puts it over the the top for me yeah WWE right now is on another level than it's ever been. I feel like a kid again. I feel like I'm watching Booker T and Stone Cold Steve Austin in the grocery store. Like that's the shit that (laughs) did it for me. And that's what I feel like the quality we're getting now too. Like Roman is on another fucking level. I wish he was around more, but at the same time, it's also good because we aren't becoming desensitized to it. We're not seeing his that same nonsense every single time because we get tired of the interference but we sure as fuck don't get tired of hearing him talking shit on the mic we we love that you know what i'm saying as much as we want to boo and jeer like that's we love that that's why he is the guy right the big dog right that's that's why he's him but like they're just this era right now it's it's only gotten better the past couple of years, and I feel it's it's still continuing on the uptrend with these different 
camera things, commentary, small things that they're changing. Like I still feel it's on the uptick and you know, these other American promotions kind of have to step up their game because you know, WWE's back. Yeah. And uh, like this, this heel rock thing, like the Seth Drew situation. I, there are so many, so many fun, the, the R-Truth Judgment Day storylines. Like the only storyline that really got me into anything with AEW was the Adam Cole MJF storyline. I got into that. And then the devil thing got drug out a little bit too far and then kind of lost me. And then, like, they kind of haven't had me since. Like, okay, yeah, Adam Cole's the devil. And then, like, okay, Undisputed Kingdom just murders people. Okay, like, next. You know what I mean? Like, it just kind of, it had potential. It was kind of like Chase U. You know what I mean? It had potential. They were cooking, they were cooking, they were cooking, and then they just kind of fumbled. Yeah, they took a wrong turn. They they left it in the gear too long. Something happened. Because I'm on the same page. That Bro Chacho storyline with Adam Cole and MJF, it had the world on fire. I was watching, keeping up with it every day. And then that devil stuff got prolonged so much, I literally stopped watching the show. And then like three months later, I'm like, they still haven't told us who the devil is? <laughs> I'm like, I guess I haven't missed When most much. of us have figured it was Adam Cole the whole time. Oh man. So I, I, I want to catch up. Um, I like what they're doing with Swerve. I think they're about to give him the belt at Revolution, which is in like two weeks or something like that. It's a triple threat between Samoa Joe, Swerve, and Hangman. They actually got Hangman being a heel now uh, for like the first time ever. And Swerve is now a babyface. And I think he's going to take that title. He's going to pin Hangman so we don't have to see Samoa Joe take a pinfall, would be my assumption. And um, then we'll probably get, you know, Samoa Joe swerving a rematch. But yeah, I'm I'm hoping that's what we see. Everything's leading that way. And, you know, maybe I'll try to get back into it because this is this is a big time for them as well. They I think their mania season is double or nothing, which is closer to or all in or whatever, which is closer to September They're And they, they also have double or nothing in in like May or something, I believe, as well. But this isn't a this is a big one, but not like their biggest biggest. So I'm like this is a good time to start getting back into it because it it should be on the uptick as we go through the year. Yeah, I uh, I'm on board with Swerve taking the belt, um, especially like you know you've got MJF sidelined for we don't really know how long. You've got Kenny Omega sidelined for we don't really know how long. Um, Osprey's kind of wrapping up his Japan tour. Some of that Rev Pro stuff was just fucking wild. Um, so I, I mean, it makes sense. And Swerve's been kind of on top of the world lately, as he should be, because the dude's fucking ridiculous. Um, whether you're into people drinking each other's blood or not, I mean, I don't know if they're like Machine Gun Kelly, uh, Megan Fox style. Or what? But <laughs> um, you see that kinda, guy's new tattoos? Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. No. He got like a a black like the I guess the blackout tattoo. I guess they're calling it. I don't know. But like a basically like from like your diaphragm, like right below like your pe- pectorals, like up. Like it's just black. <laughs> like 
I mean, I, I, so like I've known people to do that. So like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty tattooed, not like obnoxiously tattooed, but I'm, I'm pretty tattooed. I've probably got, I don't know. I don't really think in like numbers of how I've gotten, but I, I've probably had like 80 to a hundred hours worth of work done on me. And, uh, so I, I also know a lot of people who've had a lot done and usually the people that I've known that have done that. I mean, I, I knew people that did that 10, 15 years ago, and it's usually because they just have a collection of really bad tattoos and they don't really know how to get rid of it all. And that, that could be the case because that guy, he's, he's just, just everything's tatted from his upper torso. I don't think it looks necessarily like bad, but it's just kind of wild to me. I, I guess they use some special like seven needle uh machine or something i was like that's just i don't know i i couldn't imagine that evan isn't like a isn't like a uh a, a shit ton so like when you get normal tattoos like they different different artists like to use different needles but like that's not like an obscene amount i think there are some that they use more than that oh, okay i'm not i'm not a tattoo aficionado yeah i'm not by no means like as knowledgeable as an artist, but like, I mean, when you're sitting in a chair with somebody going over you for like eight hours straight, you, you kind of talk about shit sometimes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. I just looked up his thing now and like, yeah, that's kind of extreme. And, and to me, that screams like I just covered up like a lifetime of bad tattoos that I've gotten. Like he just looks like a like a created character, like on any RPG. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, what what markings would you like? <laughs> Number seventeen. <laughs> I mean, the dude's walking around with Megan Fox. Like, how much cooler do you need to look? Yeah, that's that. And I, I don't know. Like, the I feel like you get a tattoo and it's got to heal. So, like, what's the healing process on that? Like, you like I assume no you could different. Throw- tell if your skin's bleeding and shit but and then yeah i mean you still see the blood and then like you're gonna push out a fuck ton of ink so like you know you're you're the first few days in that like you're living in a long sleeve shirt and you're sleeping in it and everything because like you're you're seeping ink everywhere for like 48 hours especially that much like i have a couple things that have like larger full black segments nothing like that like no fucking blackout bullshit but just like some f- solid black segments and yeah they push ink out for a while it's a lot i'm surprised we haven't seen many new uh tattoos on uh wwe usually you know like raquel i guess she was going out for like a skin thing but usually when people are gone they always take that opportunity to get a new tattoo or get something touched up that was jay i feel like jay's been the most recent one to get a bunch of new ink like he got his full back finished i don't yeah. remember or like the progression of it but he got a ton of shit done i felt like yeah jay's got a bunch of shit done um i don't remember like randy having all those skulls on his arm like that, but at the same time... He's had that for a while. I mean, he didn't yeah. originally. It happened over the course of his career, but that while. Because I remember there was, in one of the 2K games, there was, like, a big controversy because, like, 
I guess his tattoo artist owns the right to those designs and they didn't pay her for them. So like they had to like do some random fucking lawsuit bullshit or whatever. I don't know. That's so crazy. Yeah, that is kind of a little obnoxious, but it is Randy and you do think about his tattoos pretty, uh, pretty iconically, I guess, when you imagine him. Yeah, you know, I'd be that's that's corporate America, man. Anything, what do they call it? Fucking capitalist America. Anything we could do for a dollar. So I guess I can't blame nobody because I do the same thing. Put my uh, my watermark on the motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm looking at like some of Machine Gun Kelly's old tattoos, and yeah, he's got he, he had some really really horrendous looking tattoos, and like. I'm not a really flan, uh, fan of the blackout stuff, but I will say it's definitely an improvement over some of what he had. He seems like, like the guy probably too young to get tattoos, some garage tattoos, you know what I'm saying? Stuff 100%. Like that. That's what's, and I mean, that's pretty common that a lot of people like have their friends like experiment on them and whatnot, but like that, that's definitely what it looked like. Some of them are really, really not great. Oh man! But but to uh, bring this back in, speaking of things that <laughs> yeah. were great, uh, at the end of this match, they randomly had Pat McAfee doing like a recap, looking like old school John Madden, you know, slowing it down and drawing on the board and shit, I, making it look a little bit more sports oriented. I don't know what that was about. I liked it. I think that's a thing with with McAfee because they've had it. I forget what that fucking thing is called. There's like a certain name for it, um, but they've had it for him before, and I hope that they keep doing it regularly. Because oh, he did it. Uh, he did it with Kevin Owens when KO punched both. Uh, yes, there you go. Yeah, so like Waller he's done it. A, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, bring this shit back. Um, we get Pierce checking in on Cody, who's like, yeah, I'm good, just leave. And then Seth walks in and just kind of pats him on the leg, and we get a little <laughs> long stare down. Like, okay, whatever. And then, okay, we finally get the, the last chance battle royal for the, the women's chamber. Oh, fuck, there are a lot of people in this match, a lot of people that didn't belong in this match. Um, all right, so in no particular order, we had Valhalla, Tegan Knox, Natalia, Indy Hartwell, Candice LeRae, Maxine Dupree, Ivy Nile, Electra Lopez, B-Fab, what? Um, Zaya Lee, God, no. <laughs> Katana Chance, Isla Dawn, Mi Chin, Zoe Stark, Chelsea Green, Alba Fire, Zelina Vega, Shayna Baszler, and... The back is back. Do, 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 do. I, I can't. I don't remember what our music sounds like. Um, I mean, I remember what it sounds like, but not enough to imitate it. Raquel Rodriguez has returned, and she's going to be in the Elimination Chamber. This was just a... Uh, in case nobody's heard me say anything before, I kind of hate these matches. Yeah, I feel... I'm usually not the biggest fan of these but i do like them because everybody gets a paycheck and then it helps build random storylines that are going to continue you know for the next couple tv shows um we do have 
uh, Raquel back and they made her look like a monster. She was just fucking eliminating people left and right. Um, oh, I got like a long list. I'll go through some important shit here. We got uh, Valhalla and Maxine still kind of doing their thing. Um, Chelsea Green was kind of getting involved with Maxine. So potential feuding there. Uh, Raquel tossed Valhalla. Could be a match. She tossed Zia Lee. Could be a match. She tossed Isla Dawn. I believe she tossed, uh, what's her name? Alba Fire later too. So she could be going against the witches, but they're on different brands. So maybe not. Um, we got uh, Electra Lopez taking out Zelina Vega. And they're still beefing there. We had Mi Chin take out Electra Lopez. So I don't know if Electra gets a tag team partner or she's going to be beefing with Mi Chin later. I don't know. Um, we did get Chelsea Green taking out Candice LeRae. So potentially stuff going on there, I guess. Um, Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark worked great as a team, unlike Tegan Knox and Natalia, because Natty threw out Tegan. And I'm like, are y'all going to fight yet? Or what are we doing? Um... We had the final four, Meechin, Raquel, Stark, and Baszler. And uh, what the fuck happened? Like, I believe they took out Meechin first, and then they were fighting to save. Or then uh, Shayna got taken out, and then they're like, trying to fight to save Zoe, and then Zoe gets taken out, and Raquel thinks she's won. But oh no, Chelsea, she never got thrown out. And she tried to sneak in and throw out Raquel, but then she instantly got thrown out. So the back is going to the chamber. Yeah. Um, I just... I, I'm trying to think of what they could do to make me get into Raquel Rodriguez. So this ring gear, I liked. This was a big ring gear improvement to me. So I guess that's a step in the right direction. They need to stop the back flexing. And they probably need to turn her heel and just get rid of all the fucking smiling. And then I might start to like her. I mean, yeah, and this this could be a good opportunity in the chamber. Just have her, like, when people think that she's their friend, just powerbomb a chick. Like, boom. Like, easy. And, like, powerbomb live. But you know what I'm saying? They had, they were friends, and now another one of Liv's tag team partners can turn on her. So that way, Liv has an excuse for being crazy. She doesn't need an excuse for being crazy, but I see, I see where you're going. Um, speaking of these women, we get like a little interview uh, between Michael Cole and Rhea and Nia Jax, and honestly, nothing really happens here. It's just one of these typical things where, like, they beef and then somebody gets upset and walks out, and uh, you know they're having a match on the PLA, like the, the the standard standard like go in the file cabinet for a script kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, um, what's the funniest part of this was afterwards, Pat McAfee's like, "You only you only asked one question," and then both of the women just continued to rant and then get mad and leave. 
And then Michael Cole's on commentary. And he's like, yeah, I wonder how Nia Jax feels going into her match at Chamber. And then Pat McAfee's like, well, you should ask her that. <laughs> Man, I love like the the inclusion of Pat McAfee on this. Like I said, I, I love him on commentary in the ring. Man, maybe not. This kind of keeps him out of the ring. But like later on, you know, he's doing the Jey Uso stuff and his reaction when Gunther stares him down for it. Like all, all like. He's he's gold and all this stuff. I'm really enjoying this booth and and the Wade Barrett Corey Graves is is starting to work, you know. So like kind of kind of into this announcing situation that we got going on. Yeah, I love them both, and I love having the two man crew because then when we get somebody else like another wrestler on guest for commentary, it doesn't. It's not too many. Yeah, because when you have four people up there, one person was 100% not talking and then it feels like you know we're we're trying to get in the WWE superstar but they either never say anything or they randomly chime in and then like you know Byron Saxton or Kevin Patrick just doesn't talk right like yeah yeah <laughs> and i mean at least we don't have to worry about Kevin Patrick anymore sorry that's mean but <laughs> like i'm going to keep working. misnaming people what's the guy's name on uh NXT. Uh, Vic Joseph. Vic Joseph. Big fan of that guy. All right. I, gotta I got you. Name. I got you. I've had to remind you of his name enough times that I ain't going to forget his name. <laughs> I'm, I'm bad when it comes to commentators. <laughs> All right. So next up, we had an interview with R-Truth. And who was interviewing him? Who, what was her name? Oh, you're crazy if you think I take if I no fucking way, dude. No fucking way. No clue. <laughs> Jackie Redman. Oh man. I was gonna say like Alexandria or Alex or something. <laughs> Don't think out of Alex. I think she's in NXT. Cheese and rice, dude. I, yeah, that's that's actually a major call out. I'll never get that right. It's mostly Jackie, Kathy Kelly, and and Byron Saxon, I would say for the most part on main roster stuff mostly um but yeah so jackie's got an exclusive interview with our truth and they're really playing it up like an interview they're like walking through some shit i don't know like amusement park or some shit i don't fucking know um she's asking about his relationship with judgment day take us back to the beginning you know our truth saying when they they first met it was all smiles in the room it was special like the first time john cena tried on a pair of jean shorts and uh, Jackie's like, all right, so this has been emotional. And how, how much of this do you blame on, on Damien Priest? And Truth says, Damien broke my heart. I haven't cried this much since the finale of This Is Us. Remember when the Ducks left Tony Soprano? Damien was my duck. I don't, I don't know if you guys... Do you, do you even know what that means? I've never seen The Sopranos or whatever. Yo, like... We're gonna have to end this pod right now and never speak again because that's not okay, dude. Like, it's literally the greatest television show that ever existed. You you mentioned that last time, and it's on a short list. Oh, don't! It's on the list. Don't worry. Well, you'll know, you'll know about the ducks then. So I'm not gonna explain it. And for those of you that don't know about the ducks, so when the ducks left Tony, you know he went through some dark times. Okay, just the ducks were were a big deal. Um, Jackie appreciates uh, his his vulnerability and how candid he's being, and 
the loyalty in that relationship is obviously gone. And, you know, with, with you being so hurt, do you think you'll ever be able to let anyone in again? Truth says, you know, Jackie, this must have been how Genuine felt when he wrote Pony. I got new friends. The heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. The cerebral assassin, Triple H. DX. And then they show a picture of DIY. And then they say, you know, not Shawn Michaels over Johnny Gargano. And not Triple H over Tomasa Ciampa. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, we're, we're going to show the judgment day that you can't bully people. You can't silence nobody. You can't keep Nick Mysterio locked away with no access to Facebook. This was just more R-Truth gold, ultimately. Yeah, like, you really... Like, I caught some of it, right? Like, I can uh, make assumptions, like, for the, like the Soprano thing, right? You know what I'm saying? I've seen this is... or They said this is us, right? So I've not seen yeah. that. So I can... I've seen, like, the first couple of episodes, so I know the show, and I can only imagine what the ending was like. Um, so like it, this was kind of like, if you got it, you got it. If you didn't, you probably could have picked up where this was coming from. I like the, the way they framed this. This almost was like a Dateline NBC, like a, you know what I'm saying? Like a fucking documentary. Some, the way they, like the music and the intro and the way they were talking, like everything was good until it wasn't. So I, I love this. It was very cute. And when they cut back to the crowd, like to the live stadium, instead of showing, you know, the clip, the crowd is fucking going crazy for our truth. <laughs> just clapping our truth, our truth. Just watching this fucking video. It's actually insane. Dude, if if it is not the plan to have awesome truth dethrone judgment day, it needs to be the plan. Yeah, 100 percent. And. uh this this leads us into the match. Beforehand, we get uh, Michael Chandler, UFC fighter, grabbing a microphone, taking his shirt off, challenging Conor McGregor to a fight. It's kind of weird, but whatever. And then we get the six, the eight man tag match, all of Judgment Day, all the men versus the uh, plus Awesome Truth. I think they had to take that guy's mic because like he started yelling some stuff, and I was like, wow, they're really just gonna let him talk? Okay, this. Th- they with TKO UFC. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess they kind of got a partnership. And then I was like, okay, he said his line. And then they cut back to Pat and Cole. And then they start talking. And then you hear him in the background yelling again. And both of them stop and immediately look left. And then, like you said, Pat's like, oh, you took your shirt off. <laughs> and then he's then you don't hear him anymore. And I'm like, I swear they cut his mic. Because he was probably about to just go on a fucking tear. God knows what the hell he was about to say in that stadium. Um, but yeah, eight-man tag. Uh, fun. We got all of the faces doing the suck it to Judgment Day. Uh, R-Truth was just whooping everybody's ass. Um, a lot of the story of the match was when R-Truth and Damian Priest were in the ring. They love R-Truth. They hate Damien Priest. Um, DIY, fucking amazing. Like Finn Balor in there just taking shit. But like DIY was the two showcase people in this match. Uh, they're fucking great. And I'm glad they're actually on the main roster and they're actually giving them time. I guess we have to have them as a tag team because you're not going to get Johnny Gargano versus Roman Reigns, right? But 
As a tag team, they're fucking great and very entertaining. I don't know if we've had DIY New Day. Um, give me some fun, all right? After New Day beats Imperium um, and ends that feud, let's let's just have some fun with DIY or something like that. I don't know. Let's uh, let's get some face stuff because there's not even many heel tag teams once like Judgment Day's dead. Besides well, who got actually not on Raw. Yeah, like the most I would say most of them were on SmackDown because you got Final Testament, you got uh uh, uh Legato. Uh, yeah, that's what I was searching for. And then I mean I thought Street Profits were supposed to be heel. I you know, I don't know what they're doing with them, really. Um Maybe this is the opportunity to move Breaker and Hogan. Yeah. That's the nope. perfect nope. slot. DMX. But, uh, <laughs> but well, we get to the end of this match, and essentially it's just Priest and Truth, and Truth is whooping his ass. And for some reason, as Truth is beating him up, he decides, I'm going to do a dive to the outside. And then uh, he counters, or Priest grabs him, uh, tries to counter Truth Dive into South of Heaven. That gets countered into a roll-up two-count. Truth gets him up for the AA, doesn't hit it. Um, Priest hits his little fucking bell clap, I think they keep calling it, where he just claps his hands, but like his forearms hit the guy's ears. I love that move. I've I never seen anybody do it. I'm just It seems so simple, but... It, it sounds good and it looks good. I'm a big fan of it. South of Heaven, Damien for the one, two, three, Judgment Day on top. So, like that reversal that Truth did, where he turned South of Heaven into a roll up, I actually thought that they were going to get the pin right there. They, yeah, they, it was it was right there, and then he fucking snuck out of that. And like, dude, could you imagine the pop if that happened? But uh, the fact that they didn't let it happen, I'm, I was just even more was like, yep, Awesome Truth is going to beat them at Mania and they're going to get the tag belts. They're just building it up. That's what I feel like. Yeah, we need to get another, give me some type of tag team tournament or uh, fuck it. I'll take another shitty battle royale just so that we don't think our truth and then we're going to win it. We get some real teams in there and somehow they sneak their way to the top and the awesome truth gets a mania match. That'd be so good. Oh man, I need it. Um, we had, uh, the girl, you can't remember her name, Jackie Redman, uh, interviewing Sami Zayn, following up on like all these emo promos that he's been doing and whatnot. And, you know, he's saying that I got to hit the pause button when it comes to Drew because, you know, I, I get stuck with things when I get obsessed with them. And I, I, it's WrestleMania season. I know there's a path for me. I know I can be a champion. I'm like, dude, sorry, Sami Zayn, but you just ain't a champion right now, dog. You're not. And wasn't this your story last year? Like you lost to Roman at Chamber, like in your hometown-ish, and you didn't... Uh you know, make any accomplishment of yourself. And then you were like, how, what's my path to mania? And then you became friends with Kevin Owens to get the tag titles. Like what you're not, I don't think this guy's going to mania unless it's in the Andre, the giant battle Memorial Royal chase you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. I, 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 
I love Sammy. You ain't a champion, dog. Sorry. Like, that's just all I got for you. Um, we get another uh, pull the script out of the file cabinet segment here. Um, at first, I thought it was going to be something different because we had Becky Lynch coming out. And uh, it's something new. You know, uh, she's got a hat. Um, yeah. And she's like, yeah, the man and mommy are going to collide. And then Liv Morgan comes out and interrupts her. And she's like, yeah, I was the last person to beat Rhea. Cool. And Raquel comes out and is like, hey, well, it could be Nia Jax. And uh, I'm the only one big enough to handle her. And then uh, Naomi comes out and she's like, sup, I'm back. And then Tiffy comes out and she's like, hey, it's Tiffy time. And Bianca comes out and she's like, yo, I'm the EST. And then they all fight. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I was like not into this. Like Becky was out and then she just was fucking talking and talking and talking, talking about the truth haters. I was like, what the fuck are we talking about right now? And then Liv comes out. And I no, was like, you didn't get that because she's talking about the judgment day. The truth haters are truth. You didn't get that one. Like, I, I get it now that I'm reading my notes. But I like honestly, like I I fucking mentally checked out, right? And then she said, like <laughs> I didn't catch anything she said. And then she said the truth haters, and I was like, what's the truth, Becky? That you're a fighter and you're gonna win, and people don't like the truth. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm I'm over this. But <laughs> and then like Liv came out, and I'm like, uh. And then Raquel came out, and I'm like, uh. And then Naomi came out, and I was like, hey, this isn't her show. But again, I'm like, uh. And then Tiffany came out, and I was like, awesome. They're giving Tiffany some time. And then I started to kind of pay attention, but then I was still like, uh, and then Bianca came out and I feel like Bianca actually like kind of shit on them when she was talking. Uh, cause I, she was talking about this would be her third year undefeated at WrestleMania and t- you know, Tiffy, you don't, you barely even go here and you can't spell WrestleMania without EST. I don't know. I felt, I felt she, um, said it better than the rest because she wasn't bitching and moaning she came out there and said i'm fucking undefeated i'm better i'll pin you i'll pin you i'll pin you like i like that she she came out definitely gonna pin you (laughs) yeah like she she came out like fuck what you heard you know what i'm saying and then our favorite miss naya jack she's not like most girls and not like any of these women at all because she's the only one who did not get squashed why did she just murder people like like the guillotine leg drops when they're fucking they're just building her up man dude like the, it's it's crazy how much of a rampage they just let her go on only the like eaters i love it but only to eat a second rope riptide on saturday you know what i'm saying Oh, for sure, for sure. And I think she's actually going to eat a, a top rope one somehow. I don't know. Like, I, Rhea's going to go crazy. And, like, th- this might actually be the match that I'm most excited for because I feel like the men's chamber from in-ring content is going to take a step back because it's just more names and less performers. I think the women's one is going to be decent, but not, like, show-stealing. I think... The Rhea Naya match is going to be the best best match of the night. Yeah, like I think the tag match, um, in ring wise, 
the tag match has potential to be the best match on the card. I think overall, the women's chamber is going to be better than the men's chamber. But I feel like we're going to have higher highs in the men's chamber with the names and the stars in there. Logan Paul, RKO, Randy Orton. Like I feel like the pops, the excitement is going to be more in the men's. But overall, I think the women's is going to be better. And I I think this Rhea match should be. It has, I mean, it honestly has potential to be the best match with the story that they can tell if they if they don't hit that slow bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Don't give me no no leg drops and you're just going to sit on Rhea. Oh, it's actually a headlock and we're just going to hang out for a little bit. Like, no, fuck that. I need y'all out here like fucking Gunther, Drew, and Sheamus were and beat the fucking shit out of each other. All right, like do that. I have full faith they will. And like if that's if that's what happens, this will be the match on the card of the night of the month, maybe right to start the month or not kind of start the month off right. But um, we'll see what what they actually pull out. Do we really only got four matches? That's what it looks like, and a Grayson Waller effect that okay, has, you know Seth and Cody. And like I said, I fully expect Rock to interrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a fucking twenty thirty minute segment in itself. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's basically a mid card match right there. <laughs> Pretty and honestly, I would prefer having this than like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then um, I don't know because the alternative would have been like a Gunther match. Uh, no, I guess the other alternative would have been like EO somebody random. Yeah, like I feel like Gunther, Paul, and EO, they it wouldn't have been a meaningful or a good match. And I wouldn't say good, but I'd say it'd be like a lower tier match. It's not going to be on the level of what we just are talking about with these other matches on the card. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, like we could have gotten this Gunther Jey Uso match as a mid card match or something, and it, it could have worked because uh, th- that the match was was really good. I think I wanted to give it to Ivar and Gable, but I do think it just that wasn't the- long Gunther. enough. Exactly that. Exactly that. Um, and we got that match coming up. We we get a little Shinsuke promo where he's like, "You want more Shinsuke? You can have more Shinsuke." To Sami Zayn. And I'm like, yeah, just don't, just, no, let's not talk about this. And then we get into the match that I also desperately wanted to be match of the night. Um, I will scream this to the heavens that Chad Gable is the most underrated and underutilized superstar on the roster. And this match just proved it. Like, the ending cadence in particular just... Ah, fucking did it for me, dude. Do you think this is Gable's comeback story to win the IC title at Mania? God, I hope so. If it's not Braun Breaker, I really hope so, man. And dude, imagine that. Imagine, okay, imagine Chad Gable wins it, and then we get Chad Gable, Braun Breaker. Dude, Chad Gable, Braun Breaker. Oh my fucking God, that match... 
has a dark horse chance to be match of the year. Yeah, that'd be fucking insane. Fucking, oh my God. But hopefully that's, we can get heading that direction. And I feel like with uh, Gable, Gable-san and uh, Otis and them, they kind of sprinkle some NXT action. We could definitely get tag team action with, with the Wolf Dogs. Like We could definitely get that set up as well, which could have them beef to lead into a future match one day. Who knows? Uh, I'd like to see something like that. Um, but this was a great match. We got to see some nice counters from Gable. Like we're on the outside and Ivar was going to hit his classic sliding uh, cross body, you know, smushing the guy into the apron. But Gable dodges it. Throughout the match, he kept trying to hit that big German and he couldn't do it. He tried it inside the ring. It didn't work. He tried it on the outside and his back gave out and people were memeing it, uh, saying this is my this is Rey Mysterio trying to hit a back back suplex on Rikishi in 2K and you know the character always gets him halfway and then his back hurts and he's got to stop and then fucking Ivar hits the spin kick and takes him the fuck out uh, Ivar tried to fucking doom salt but the pool was empty right before that he hit a top rope sit out senton where he just put ass to chest from the top rope leaping and just fucking super squashed fucking gable i don't know how he didn't die when he did that like i don't know how you just take that move like how do you have this giant man just sit on your chest from the top rope and then you're just okay to like move out of the way at, before he doom salts you okay um but after the pool is empty for that doom salt then we get the fucking deadlift from gable he almost deadlifted him from the ground Ivar kind of got on his feet, but he was barely able to get on his feet before those hips were thrusting. And he was up, he was tilting, he was moving, and we got the big fucking German from Gable to Ivar. Nasty. Straps her down. He's hype. He goes up top, hits the fucking moonsault of his own. Every Olympian's got to hit a moonsault. Um, and when he pins him, very strategic. He grabs the leg and then pins him. He gets the two count, but literally the ref is barely able to tell him it's a two count before he turns it into a fucking ankle lock and he will not give up. Ivar scratching, he's clawing, he's fighting, and he fucking taps out Chad Gable with the dub. What a match. Yeah, man. Like, if they let these dudes go longer, this easily would have been matched. Like, if they let it breathe as long as they let Gunther J. Uso breathe, this would have been match of the night. And again, Gable Sensei, most underrated person on the entire fucking roster. His transitions, so smooth. That deadlift German into the moonsault, into the, the, the pin, into the ankle lock. Man, like... I just, I, I loved it. He's also one of the most like underrated jacked dudes on the fucking roster because I'm sorry, Chad Gable is absolutely jacked and doesn't get enough credit for it. Yes, when they were showing him backstage and he was like, you know, you hadn't run in and you even took out my, my best man or what, I can't remember what he fucking calls Otis, my number one guy. And like the cameras just zoomed in, this guy's fucking shredded. <laughs> He is a monster. I fucking love Chad Gable, dude. Um, all right, so we end up backstage. Kathy Kelly is this girl's name, in case you forgot. 
just I I got you. Um, she's she's with uh the savior of WrestleMania, Drew McIntyre. Um, Drew's aware that people are calling him a hypocrite, but he's just focused on the chamber. He's got the bigger picture in mind. He's got to beat LA Knight on SmackDown. Got to head out to Australia, win the chamber, head to Mania, beat Seth Rollins because he is the true workhorse of the company. This is a great promo, and I believe he did something here to kind of make up for, I believe, Pat earlier you mentioned was like calling him a hypocrite and bloodlines out there, and he didn't do anything. And I felt like he said something, you know, regarding his restraint. You know, I saw the bloodline, but I still did my duty because I'm, you know, for the fans. You know what I'm saying? I, I love how he thinks that he's doing this and he's right. I like that. Yeah, yeah. This is, man, we're going into a great season for Drew. This is going to be really fun. We also got a little New Day segment where they're like, yeah, we ain't finished with Imperium yet. And then apparently that means that uh, next week they're going to have a street fight. So there's that. Um, and then we get to our main event. We get the Ring General Gunta versus Jey Uso for the IC belt so we had a drew match and we had a gunther match and gunther i don't know i think he's back on top as the number one chop guy because he fucked jay uso up in this match oh my god he was just fucking chopping him left and right every starting early hitting him with it you know and late with it as well like later on in the match he was doing the thing where he had the wrist control and he's just holding on to the wrist as he chops the shit out of the guy. And even though the guy collapses and he falls to the ground, he's still holding on to his wrist so he can pick him right back up and chop him again. Fucking savage and ruthless. Those are the only two words that can be used to describe Gunther in this match because he just, he didn't fucking stop laying it on him. You know, whether it was fucking power bombs, Boston crab, fucking clotheslines, anything like he, he did the bend him over the top rope with the fucking boot in the throat, like just fucking nasty on the guy. Uh, we had Jay doing Jay things, you know, hitting his little swag slap and dancing and yeeting and the crowd was getting into it. But this is uh, this is where the match basically took on another fucking level. So after Gunther chops him down, still holding on to his wrist, he picks him up. And he's just choking him, and he's like, "I told you, you're not man. You're not man enough." And he pulls his head so that he can look at him. He's, he said, "Look at Muse." <laughs> I love that Guther fucking called him Ooze. And then Jay starts to fucking uh, power back up. He's uh, smacking him, but then Gunther's hitting some just like fucking palm strikes, like not even chops, like where he's swinging it on the backhand. This is like a thrusting fucking like shote, like to the fucking chest and neck. Um, we had a beautiful little series here where um, Jay was trying to hit his spear and Gunther fucking jumps over Jay. I don't know the last time I saw Gunther hit a leapfrog, but as he came back down, uh, Jay, you know, hit him with the fucking spear. I don't know how many fucking spears Jay murdered this guy with. Um, like, 
Gunther eventually hit a second rope superplex, got some chops in, but then Jay got up, hit a spear. Gunther feels that he's down. He rolls out to the apron to try to save himself. Speared on the fucking apron. He falls down to the floor. He's trying to gather himself. Speared on the fucking floor. (laughs) Fucking Jay staring in the camera. Throws Gunther back in the ring. Fucking spears him again. At least like four spears back to back to back to back. Goes up top. Hits the Uso splash. One, two. Ding, ding, ding. And the ref, for some reason, stops counting. We look over in the timekeeper's area because the bell's still ringing. Somebody's just pounding on that bell. Who could it be? It is him, Jim Uso himself, yet again, arriving to spoil things for his brother. I got complaints, but I'll finish off the match here. The crowd fucking hates it. You know, they're booing. They're mad. Um... Jay gets up. He's flabbergasted. He's looking at Jimmy. He's like, what the hell's going on? And then you just see Gunther like a fucking great white shark, you know, breaching out of the water from behind. And he just chops him to the back of the neck. I wish it was a louder chop. But God, anytime you hit anybody in the back of the head or the back of the neck, 100 Henron points. We need we need more fucking what do they call it? A rabbit punch or some shit. We need more of that. Right. Um. He tried to get the sleeper that got countered. Um, we get a fucking super kick by Jay, and Jay's not out yet. He randomly hits a, a dive to Jimmy as the goons or the stooges, Pat McAfee calls the uh, WWE officials who are trying to escort Jimmy out. Uh, Jay gets back up top, goes for the splash. Knees up by Gunther. Took just too long. Gunther pulls him down, rolls him one, two, three. Gunther retains and then we get Jimmy in the ring talking shit uh he hits a fucking big splash on Jay and he says you can't win without me Us. no matter how big you get I'm always the big brother and this is the third belt Jimmy's cost Jay universal tag titles and now the IC can't wait for this mania match big Jim as I guess we're calling him now. Um, yeah, uh, I think this is brilliant build up here um, to the Jimmy J Mania match. And thinking about it, like it's got to be the most impactful non championship Mania match that I might actually be able to think of ever. Like, I, I, I. <sighs> I don't want to say, like, fuck it. They should main event. I don't care. They should main event night one, like, straight up. That's hard. That's hard. With with Seth Drew, Becky Rhea, that's tough to say. It's like, I don't want to, I don't want it like that. But Cody Roman, obviously, that's your night two main event. I love all those other matches. I just feel, I mean, Drew Seth is close. But fuck, I just feel that like the impact, the reactions, like the story, I feel this just carries more weight than Drew, Rhea, or Eo belt. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and there's no way that Bailey Eo were getting main event on a, either of the nines. I think that's out. I think it's really down to those those three, Becky Rhea, Drew Seth. I mean, it's those two. I, I'm sorry, you can't put Jimmy J. 
main event over them. So to me, it's down to those two. Yeah, they should at least. I feel like they should start the show. Like maybe they could start night two, and we get all the bloodline on night two. I don't know. Nah, you. So I don't know. WrestleMania is weird because WrestleMania and SummerSlam, I would say, are the ones that like. I can't get into the early matches, especially SummerSlam because it's always still light out. You know what I mean? Um, it doesn't have that like big match feel until it gets dark in SummerSlam. Um, and Mania, I don't know. The opening matches feel like they just warm me up. Like, give me the tag match as the opening match. You know, like I I need this to be a little bit more in. I think. Yeah, I, I I agree with you um, in that aspect of it as well. It depends on how they want to play the match. I feel like we're going to see a lot of super kicks and shit. And I like my early matches to have a lot of, oh, oh, you know what I'm saying? You could do that no. with super kicks. Yeet. Flashes. No, yeet. Exactly. Like, the, you always have so much energy with the crowd as well. Like, imagine... WrestleMania starts, Uso, or whatever, right? It's just me, Us. And like, imagine how, like, they're going to be bopping no matter what, but they're going to be bopping the hardest at the start of the show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, you know, I, I would also like to give them the respect. Fuck it. You know, give, give them a, a second to the last. Uh, That's what I would spot. like. That's put what them I would on. Like before the women and then do i mean like you could put them on before the women maybe but then i i don't want the i don't want to see seth and cody go back to back but i guess you could because you're going to get that reaction from that seth drew match and you're not going to get a happy ending and you're going to have that energy conserved because it's cody at the end of the day so it could work i guess again this just solidifies that this is the best Wrestlemania that we're going to have in, in quite some time. Heavy Wrestlemania XL. Yes, sir. All right. You got anything else? Nopers. Take us home, my dog. Well, we are here once again. We do thank you all for allowing us to make your lives just a tad bit less miserable. We will catch you next time. This was the go-home episode of Raw, and the next one shall be the go-home episode of SmackDown, right into that elimination chamber, which is randomly at like 4 in the morning, 5 in the morning this Saturday. So set your alarms, uh, enjoy that show, but also stay safe and enjoy the day. Ooses, ooses. Peace. Thank you.